Hello, everybody, and welcome to our newest episode of the Brown Taboo Project. We are so excited to not only have you with us today, but a very special guest. I want to start off by introducing ourselves. My name is Sri. I'm Shreya. I'm Tanya or Tanya, and we have with us a very special guest from the Feed Feed, Rachel Gurjar. Rachel, we're so excited to have you here today. Rachel is a professional chef who loves sharing her culture through recipes and delicious food with people. She moved to NYC from India about four years ago to attend culinary school. She started experimenting with food photography and styling um, once she was done with culinary school and realized how much she loves it and made the switch to food media. Um, and you can find her on Instagram, which I stalk very regularly. She is currently the test kitchen manager and food editor at the Feed Feed. In her spare time, you'll find her exploring street food in different parts of the city. Welcome, Rachel. We're so excited to have you. Hi, guys. And I am so happy and excited to be on this podcast to discuss all things taboo. <laughs> to- <laughs> <laughs> Taboo food. It'll be fun. Taboo food. Yes. Um, I was going to say today's episode is probably a little less on the taboo side than usual. Um, We're talking about something that brings a lot of different cultures together, which is food. Um, Wait, can I make a really dumb joke? Today's (laughs) episode is less haram and more yum. Uh, (laughs) That's good. Okay, carry on. Yeah, thank you so much. For your next stand-up bit, you'll be good to go. (laughs) You should just do that and walk off the stage and that's it. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) So you were saying. (laughs) So I was saying that we'll be talking about, yeah, a little bit of a less haram topic, you know, just food. Um, We all love to eat and we're going to talk about food and identity and what brings brown people together around the dinner table. Um, So kind of to start us off, I wanted to ask all of you. Do you all have fond memories growing up around food, you know, traditions and rituals and birthdays and things like that? So what does food, what, what memories are tied with food for you all? I'll start. <laughs> so um, I remember summers were spent in uh, Madhya Pradesh. That's where originally my family's from. Right now, my uh, parents live in Mumbai, so we uh, Used to go back in the summers to visit my grandparents. And um, one of the things that I did with my aunts and cousins was so lunch was super early around 12 30, and then around 3 3 30, when we had a snack attack, what we would do is I don't think you've heard of this dish. It's called kanda masala. Literal translation means onion with spices. So you would like chop up uh, like raw red onions with raw mango and then add like dhania powder uh chili powder a little bit of uh jeera and um you're supposed to put like raw oil on it and mix it and squeeze so good a little bit of lime or homemade achar and -hmm. then we would eat it with a day of like day old rotis Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's just such like a happy a childhood memory of mine and I've actually never spoken about this before because I feel embarrassed I'm like who the who the hell will want to eat like raw onions with like um, literally like dry yes. masala yeah like, like all of us, of us. <laughs> I just <laughs> ate and I'm hungry right now <laughs> so yeah that's that's a very fond memory that I have that sounds Aww. amazing <laughs> and you know for a lot of brown people across the subcontinent mango is a very very kind of precious, you know, lots of memories are trying to tied around mangoes. And, you know, I think sometimes it's even very cliche. They're like, oh God, like South Asians and their mangoes. But the truth is, you know, if you've ever been to India during mango season, which, you know, as m- many people think it's not year round, it's only a very specific part of the summer that you get mangoes from. And I haven't been able to experience mango season in a very long time so I'm very jealous of everyone who's who's been able to I mean mangoes are life man and Mm -hmm. there's so many different kinds of mangoes Mm -hmm. and yes (sighs) I'm curious about Rachel you're saying that as somewhat of an embarrassing memory for you or like something that you don't talk about in terms of your your own journey with food and where you are as like now being a fancy professional chef of like, this is just a simple <laughs> thing that I can't talk about. <laughs> but um, I, I guess 
it is because and i maybe i'm like guilty of like trying to make our food relatable and normal with like what's the norm right mm-hmm. so for me to be like here's a dish it's basically raw onions with spices that are not <laughs> tempered and like mm-hmm. you're supposed to eat it with a day old day old roti right, so like right. <laughs> uh i don't know if people are going to understand that but no. um as time goes on i feel like that's exactly what i'm supposed to talk about hey, because yep um, yep 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 like the conception about indian food right now is so um i mean you know what i'm saying like like 30 years ago when people came and what i guess they decided not decided but like they probably shared the cuisine and then that is imprinted in everyone's brain like okay like these four things uh, yeah. this, <laughs> this region of food is like very indian and like what about all the other regions you know mm-hmm. that yeah so much more exactly. going on in every state and every village and every town that mm-hmm. i probably also do not have an idea about so For sure. yeah absolutely it's interesting cuz like sometimes when like it's like a common icebreaker question like what's your favorite like food memory or something mm-hmm, and i used mm-hmm. to always say like oh my mom made these like deep fried flatbread things and we'd eat it <laughs> and that's what i would always say and now it's only i'm like in my late 20 i'm almost 30 and only recently have i started saying my mom makes this dish these this dish called luchi which is yep. deep fried you know yeah, like and like we eat, eat, eat it yeah or puris or whatever but like i would never use the actual term for things because it was like embarrassing or something or or i don't know i don't know or yeah it was embarrassing that's funny because <laughs> so luchi is also my favorite food but i very proudly say my favorite food is luchi and then i go on to describe it's a fried puffy bread la 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 mm-hmm. and that's just interesting that it's like it's the same exact food that we're talking about and both yeah. being bengali and growing up in the same area mm-hmm. like culture yeah. and yet like we chose to handle it different ways that's really interesting yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean, i feel like a lot of i i, I got teased for my food so i just never wanted mm-hmm. to use the actual words for it yeah um and thanya how about for you what was your favorite food or um, like brings back the memories i think for I mean there's not one you know I I love to eat so it's like really when people are like what's your favorite cuisine I'm just like mm, all of it I don't know all of it I'll ev- eat everything you put in front of me basically um but I think having grown up in like a very traditional Bengali household where we celebrated Durga Puja in the house or Durga Pujo which is what we say mm-hmm. um not Durga Pujo as one of my friends was like if it's pujo why isn't it durgo I was like that's not how the language works okay mm-hmm. <laughs> but So um you know and and pujo durga puja being this like great big celebration there is so much preparation that goes into it so i remember like being in my grandmother's house and all the shopping would start and of course you know we're, we're brahmin and following those very strict traditions there was a whole separate kitchen separate utensils you know mm-hmm. everything for that cooking but you know for days there would be like sweets that were made and i would go in i would steal i'd be like oh let me sample some of this let me sample some of that classic little um, classic you know there. kind of thing um <laughs> i would be like you know being chased around for like emptying the sugar jar and things like that um and you know like so many different types of sweets that you can't even fi- like forget finding here like you know you know and they're hard to make so we don't mm. you know and you know at that time not knowing i would move to this country i was like oh my god this is heaven and now i'm just like i don't get to eat those on a regular basis mm-hmm. anymore um and then you know during the pujo itself like the bhog and all of that again all vegetarian food freshly cooked smelled so good we would eat on the floor we would eat actually on um plates made of um leaves mm-hmm. and we would eat out of we would drink out of um terracotta cups and things like that and uh just very like fun memories and kind of sad to think that like I'll never experience that again mm-hmm. in that way you know or never be in that house again in that way mm-hmm. um yeah so puja food i think is it for me all right so stree you mentioned luchis is that your is that your favorite memory food yes absolutely and that's always been true for me i think even so didi and i my sister and i like all throughout growing up were always when asked what's your favorite food i can't remember a time i've ever said anything different um <laughs> which is still definitely true like it's factual as well but a big part of it is because it is 
so, you know, so tied to so many memories and, and traditions. And I think, especially like my cousins in India always laugh at me when I say luchi is my favorite food because it's so not a big deal to them. <laughs> but in our household, it was a special occasion food because there isn't any help in the kitchen when you're in the USA, right, to to make that. And so it's not the same as like, like it's, it, it's a whole process, right, to make that. And so that was our birthday food and Christmas food. And it still mm-hmm. is. So even this past Christmas, um, even as things are starting to to change in terms of the traditions in our household. And, you know, it's not the same as like when we all, when we woke up together Christmas morning and came downstairs and opened presents and then we would have luchi. We'd essentially have like a brunch of luchi. Um, and then this year it was just me and my mom at the house and it was actually very sweet. She still made luchi for me, which Aww. was really cute. <laughs> um, but then also I was talking about, I don't know if Didi even knows this. She was like, I feel so guilty. Like your sister's not here. I feel bad that I'm making you luchi. And, she's like, <laughs> and Didi You're is the very, favorite. You're more for me. No, no, no. It's because, it's because my sister was at her boyfriend's house. So like, you know, she's, <laughs> she's off on Christmas. She'd be missing fine. out. Exactly. Exactly. And I was like, Ma, if she's not here on Christmas morning... That's her fault. Like if she's in a successful relationship, that's her fault. So, <laughs> um, but it was, and then the other side of that is actually because Didi has been eating a low carb diet for a mm-hmm. while and like had good success with it. So that's the other thing is Ma's always like, well, is she going to eat this? And Didi's always like, I'll make an exception. I will eat Luchi. <laughs> and maybe I won't eat as many as I once did, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. So definitely Luchi and all the memories associated with that. Yeah. It's interesting because I also, I freaking love luchi, but one of my all-time favorite dishes is also something that, it's like a recipe my mom kind of made up. And whenever I try to describe it to people, they're like, ew, tofu. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, tofu is delicious. First yeah, tofu is it delicious. Tana? Tofu. Okay, it is tofu. Oh. Um, what is it? Because I'm... So I'm vegetarian, but my parents are not. So my pa- my mom like did a lot of experimentation to like figure out what to make for me, and she'd make this tofu with like a um this like sh- shorshi. Do you know what shorshi is? It's, yeah. it's basically mustard. mustard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mustard based um like m- ground mustard seed, and then mm. the paste from that, right? Um, which is a very like traditional Bengali flavor. Mm-hmm. And she'd create this like paste from it with um shorshe and um uh shorshe til and then mm. um or mustard seed oil and then onions and tomatoes and um and coriander and then she would just like nuke it in the oven in her little like um <laughs> pyrex dish with yeah, the yes, corn flowers <laughs> with the everyone's blue nodding appreciatively yes. right now, like, yeah little <laughs> flowers on it right the blue yes. flowers on or it corral yes. corral that's the corral, other, corral. Like, sorry that's go. what it was corral with the blue flowers <laughs> mm-hmm. um and she just like make it in the microwave and it's mm. like a very simple dish but it is so 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 tasty um, and she oh. invented it just for me. Oh, is it okay? Is it like the vegetarian version of shorshibata? Yes. Okay, because shorshibata, if if uh, folks are not familiar, it is, is fish. It's typically it, made with yeah. fish. Um, exactly. Shorshibata literally means ground up mustard seeds, but it's a yeah. fish dish. And I am probably one of the rare Bengali people who doesn't like fish. Please don't like boot me off the podcast. Um, I, I don't, don't like fish. fish. You're fine. I don't like. Well, you're goat vegetarian. There's like a different. You don't like goat and meat. What? I don't like We're goat gonna meat. Out of the club, Benya. You can't be here <laughs> anymore. What? And I'm also vegetarian now, so there's a lot of things going on. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, but I've never, you know, even as a kid, I never liked goat meat. I never liked fish, but uh-huh. I do know. Wow. Everyone appreciates a good shorshibata. Everyone who's a true Bengali anyways, I keep getting told. Um, <laughs> so that's amazing. Tofu yeah. bata. Tofu yeah, shorshibata. <laughs> so she calls it shorshi tofu. If you ever shorshi oh. tofu, yes. Yes, I like that. Um, are you vegetarian, by the way, Rachel? Or, or do you do veg and non-veg? I do both. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my mom is vegetarian, though, and my dad on and off. <laughs> oh, what does that mean? That's the thing, like... He'll eat once a month non-veg food, but oh. it's so surprising that like he made a conscious effort to make me try non-vegetarian food as a kid. Interesting. Even though like my, all of my family is vegetarian now, like mm-hmm. 
current generation kind of eats, but all of the elders, they're all strict vegetarians. Like mm-hmm. some people don't even eat eggs. Oh, nice. Interesting. Yeah. Do they do they not eat onion and garlic as well? Or they're not no, that we level? love onion garlic. Okay, okay, so <laughs> we just talked about the raw onions. Yeah. Right. That is fair. I cannot survive without that also. That is fair. So that's really interesting. Why did he make the conscious decision, even if like you're tr- overall being raised vegetarian, to make sure you try non-veg? My dad's always kind of been... Uh, a rebel, <laughs> if I may say. The so. taboos come up when we're talking about food. You said it that, like, funny. you're like, maybe less taboo. It's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so he, um, he, I think he's more, a little bit more like broad minded coming from, you know, like back in the day, he was mm-hmm. like, well, like he moved out of his hometown and then we like moved to uh, Maharashtra and we stayed there. And my dad was like, I guess just wanted me to decide for myself yeah, if yeah. I wanted to eat meat or not eat meat. So he was like, oh, this is shrimp, like try it. This is prawns, this mm-hmm. is like chicken, like try it. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I like it. So then I just stuck to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice that, you know, that open-mindedness of mm-hmm. letting you choose for yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think we talk a lot about like, just in general in the podcast and our work of like, questioning things right and not just like blindly following stuff just because it's been that way for generations or years or whatever right like um so that's great yeah and then how has how has that impacted your own food journey or the way that you approach food now um i i give like new foods a chance because of that you Mm -hmm. know i'm like all right maybe that smells weird or looks weird but I should try it at least once so that I can uh, decide for myself Mm -hmm. and then that opens up this whole other world and that happened to me when I moved to New York there were so many different cuisines that you know I had spent so many nights alone in my living room watching on the television (laughs) shows and stuff and then I came here and I had the chance to try it. Like I'd never eaten oysters before. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, like that looks so scary. But then like <laughs> I tried it and I was like, all right, like that's delicious. Like mm-hmm. I get it. And so it like kind of connected, um, like I guess my uh, feelings and emotions of like what I was uh, experiencing um, back in India while I was watching this to mm, like mm-hmm. being present and actually like feeling the taste and um you know learning about different cultures like I've never had Mexican food before it's crazy to say that now because the like <laughs> top three cuisines that I like mm. I've never eaten Korean food actually you know what I had eaten Korean food before with one of my uh I went to dinner with one of my ex-boyfriends and we were just like, oh my God, like this is weird. But now that it makes me rethink of the times, like, oh my God, you were so close-minded. Mm-hmm. Like now, like Korean food, it's amazing. Like, uh, yeah. So okay. it, it helps me be a more open-minded person just in mm-hmm. terms of food or um, understanding uh, and appreciating other cultures and human beings that I meet. <laughs> so, yeah. That's of interesting course. to yeah. me in terms of like, because we talk about how obviously for all of us, there's such a connection to South Asian food, to Indian food. And like, for me, at least comfort food, when I want comfort food, sometimes that's like, oh yeah, mac and cheese sounds really good. Or so, you know, so there's like mm-hmm. that homey home style food that I also really love, but ultimate comfort food is just like dal bhat, right? Like having the really <laughs> classic foods that are yeah. simple, not necessarily a really fancy preparation or something, but like, that's what I seek. And yet at the same time, when people, it just parallels for me how when people talk about our cuisine, often the response that comes is, oh, it's smelly mm-hmm. or it's like too intense to, oh, I really like it. Spicy. It's, I really that's like it, but so my stomach spicy. can't handle it. Like all of these different yeah. things. And some people yeah. who are, I love, I love, love, love South Asian food. I'll eat it all the time, et cetera. But it kind of seems to be like polarizing it it tends to be one way or the other where people are like Mm -hmm. I love this cuisine it's my favorite or kind of even guiltily looking at us and being like I don't really like Indian food yeah yeah like the rest like restaurant Indian food overtook all 
other kinds of mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and it's a very like we Rachel you were just talking about this right when you were mentioning um your favorite dish growing up that restaurant food is what 0.05% maybe of like Indian food that actually exists <laughs> yeah or, or South Asian food in general right mm-hmm. like and also there is no such thing as like just chicken curry when you go to India like you can't go to India and be like well, I want chicken curry they're gonna be like okay what kind mm-hmm. and you know because there's <laughs> masala tamas. yes lababdar butter chicken <laughs> there's a thousand different kinds um but like I feel like Indian that's that's the you know I love when I hear like my friends and coworkers being like, I love Indian food and I love chicken tikka masala, but I'm like, yes, it's great. You love it, but you've literally had one dish and <laughs> it's no matter where you go, it tastes probably the same. Like you'll find the same four or five, you know, um, chicken dishes, paneer dishes, mm-hmm. lamb, you know, tandoori chicken, et cetera, et cetera. If you're lucky, you'll find some South Indian food, some dosa idli mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but like everything in between and there's so much is just not represented and it, it, you won't experience it until you go to India or, you know, maybe places like New York where, um, there is much more, I think, space to kind of, you know, not be so mainstream for lack of a better Mm -hmm. word. Um, like Kolkata chai company is like, you know, that's real chai. That's not a chai tea latte. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. I, but it's interesting I, I, to say that. Oh, sorry. Go I ahead. Don't chai tea lattes. I mean, first of all, yeah, I would <laughs> just like the chai. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't hit the spot. <laughs> I never had one. I yesterday was at a um like a going away party for my friend, and there was some food trucks there, and so there was one that's a, the, the, the told me it was Nepali. It wasn't really, but um. Mm really pissed me off for a few reasons. One was, you know, the classic that you see all the time. It's like chai ghee is, is one of the menu items. And then, um, and there was also a uh, dal lentil is what it said. And I was like, that doesn't, that makes even less sense. Like, what are you, it just <laughs> so annoys dal. me. Yeah. When they, when they, it's one thing if you're them, if you put the menu item as dal and then in the description, you're mm-hmm. like lentil soup, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Got like it. Parentheses or something. Right. But I was like, yeah. you're just, you're just saying bread, bread. Like, yeah. Just, you know, like non bread, saying... chai tea. Yeah. Lentil, All lentil, things. you know, and but chai then... tea latte is the worst because it's tea, tea, milk. And I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> in three different languages. In three different languages. Tea, but tea, milk. Then what really got me is under chai tea, it said dairy free. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> no. What in the actual <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Colorado, man. <laughs> it, is, it was Boulder. So that tells you something. But like, <laughs> what in the world? And I asked the dude, I was like, how is your chai dairy free? And he's like, oh, yeah, we make it with almond milk. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just not acceptable in, the, in this particular context. Okay. No, no. And I will say I've had some, there is actually a Nepali spot that I ate at like two weeks out here that, uh, that was really good and actually run by a Nepalese family and like their jaw was proper jaw and it was, oh my God, it was like, Mm. my friends were laughing at me how much of a orgasmic experience I was having, (laughs) having because you never get good jaw outside of India. So to actually have that, I was like, oh, it's the real deal. This one really pissed me off. They're dairy free, (laughs) chai tea, like, Look, man, I'm all about the environment. In fact, like kind of experimenting with veganism, but there are certain things I, even I can't like wrap my head around. Like, you know, the other day uh, I made, I made dosas for myself and I was like, Hmm. And I put some ghee on it because I, how can you not? Right. I was like, I can't, I'm sorry. Just this one meal. I can't deal with this. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, just, I like probably the best cup of chai I ever had was when I went to India last time I was in Pune and we were just, we winter time. And I, it was my first time going. It was so green and beautiful. I loved it. Um, mad allergies, but other than that, it was, it was great. Um, and we went up to like Bharati Hills, you know, it was dusk time and we had little, you know, shot glasses of ginger chai with mm-hmm. barapao. Oh, oh. And that was my first Ooh. time eating pao. First time eating chai on a mountaintop like that. And ever since <laughs> then, I'm like, exactly. nothing ever compares. Nothing is good enough. <laughs> 
Was that your first time eating varapa? It was. Wait, yeah. someone someone break this down for me. I don't know what we're talking about. So, uh, Rachel, I'll let you explain because I feel like <laughs> so, you'll be able to explain it better. So, varapas are, they're like a quintessential um, Maharashtra state dish. I'm not going to assign it to one town or one place. It's <laughs> very, very famous in Maharashtra, right? So, it's basically mashed potatoes, boiled mashed potatoes that are tossed with uh, ginger, curry leaves, mustard, uh, lime juice, a little bit salt and green chili. So you make like the stuffing mm-hmm. and then you make a chickpea batter with uh, salt, some um, besan, <laughs> salt, chili powder and ajwain. Some people like to put ajwain, some people like to put cumin. So it kind of changes with mm-hmm. towns and states. Mm-hmm. Uh, towns and uh, villages Regions, or whatever. Yeah. And then you like dip the potato ball into uh the basin and then you deep fry that that's one component and then you have the pao but um the pao is unlike any other pao because it's uh best eaten with mumbai pao it i don't even know how to explain it i've never had that kind of pao anywhere else in india i it's kind of like you know how they say the San Francisco sourdough i think it has something to do with the water or i don't even know what it is <laughs> the water. water. Trust me, on one of my trips back to India, I went to three bakeries to try and figure out like what the recipe mm. was. I was not able to. Wow. <laughs> like a, a thing that Secrets. I need. But so you put the fried uh, potato ball in the pow, and then you have uh, three types of chutneys, like classic tamarin, or you can do a green chutney. And then there's two types of red chutneys that you could do. One mm. is a dry one, and one is like a liquid, uh, watery one. That's All right. Yeah, so that's my. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm so okay. Wait, but is amazing. the pao different from like the pao used for pao bhaji? No, no, no. It's the same pao. Oh, okay. But in Maharashtra, it just tastes different. Very different. Very yeah. different. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh Man, I was addicted. And there, so there is a restaurant. So I'm in Northern Virginia. So there's like tons of Indian restaurants here. But um, so I kind of have my staples. And so one of them right next to work, um, they put Vara on their menu. I was so excited. I was like, best $7 I'm ever going to spend. <laughs> it was so disappointing. I was just upset. I was not even upset about the money. I was like, you know, my meal was wasted. I have nothing to eat for dinner now. But I was just like, how could you do this to Varapao? <laughs> like, who, who came up with this crappy recipe? <laughs> you need to fix well, this shit right come now. To New York, I'll make you guys one. Thank you. <laughs> the pao won't be like Mumbai, Mumbai pao, but I'll try my best. Oh my so, gosh. Sriya lives in New York. Yes. <laughs> so, We're all come visit. I'll be over. <laughs> come so, over. I do think this, so this brings up a really interesting question for me. And I think one of the really big reasons why we wanted to have you on the show is to talk about, so you're saying of like trying to find the authentic type of bao, even the very specific, like what makes this bao different from other bao if I'm mm-hmm. going to try to like make this recipe. And just in general, talking about how recipes get adapted or totally bastardized, didn't dare I even say appropriated a lot mm-hmm. of the time. And so I'm just like really curious about as as a Indian chef who is now in the U.S. and has really made such a important impact, really, I think, on the way in which, especially through um, all of the great work you do on social media and like documenting it and really trying to be authentic, but then also the worries of like, are people going to take this and run with it in a way that's, you know, maybe misrepresenting what the food actually is or suddenly making chai out of almond milk, like things like that. But I'm just curious about how you navigate that or like how you deal with it when you come across it. So I was actually thinking about this and um, with appropriation comes great responsibility, right? (laughs) Tagline. How do you you like use your voice if you do have a large audience and you are taking something from a culture, be it an ingredient or a technique or a recipe or Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. How do you take that and you um, do justice to it and you give enough respect? And um, the way I think people can do that, and when people do that, then I'm like, all right, this person like did their work. So you (laughs) research, you give proper credit, Mm -hmm. you understand where that is coming from. You understand the kind of food memories 
uh, people associate with that particular kind of, with that particular ingredient or a dish, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so let's say ghee. Everyone mm-hmm. loves, like ghee is like the new um, amazing fact. Like <laughs> yes. But, and when people are like, you know, somebody who's like not from our culture, they're like, oh, I have an amazing ghee recipe. Let me show you. I roll. A, yes. And B, I'm like, all right, okay, great. But that is not how you authentically make ghee. <laughs> it's just <fun. laughs> it's, Yes, it is clarified butter, but a lot more goes into that, right? Like my memories associated with ghee was, and it's like remembering that my morning dudwala bhaiya came every morning mm-hmm, and my mm-hmm. mom took that milk and mm-hmm. the first the most important thing was you need to pasteurize it so she brought it up to temperature and then she let it sit and then she collected the malai over four weeks and when that malai was collected she showed me all right Rachel this is how you separate the buttermilk from this and let me show you how to this is the chas we use the chas to make curry and you know, this is how you make the ghee and you let it come up and then you sprinkle water. So all of the milk solids <clears throat> caramelize properly mm-hmm. and come to the top and then sink. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? And you collect mm-hmm. the ghee and then that ghee mm-hmm. is used in pujas and that ghee is used in, you know, like in our life and every day mm-hmm. and to like on wounds and all of that. So mm-hmm. I, these are my memories, right? Yeah, There's yeah. millions of us and we have different memories. So what is that person who is actually showing me something that is from my <laughs> culture? What have you done to, <clears throat> you don't have to talk to like a hundred people, but I'm sure if you know about ghee, you probably know at least five Indian people. How about talking to them mm-hmm. and asking, what are your memories with this? Mm-hmm. You know, and then how, and then you're like, you know, hey, this might be not the most authentic, but. I spoke to a couple of people and this is what I incurred and like, this is the way, or let me direct you to this person who has an audience. Yes. yes. So I feel like when that is done, I'm okay with it. But when that's not yeah. done, it does annoy me. So Absolutely. That was beautiful. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing <laughs> that. And you know, um, my my dad grew up in a kind of a rural, rural setting at times where he was bouncing between Benares, but his family is actually from Bihar and they have far, like farmland. Like, and yeah. so you know, he's told me uh, similar stories to this about, you know, fresh and like truly, you know, now it's very lo- trendy to talk about like, oh, it's locally made and locally grown. I was like, that shit was so local. Like it was in your backyard. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't get more local than that. So like, yeah. I, so I think like two things that, that came up when you shared that Rachel is one is giving credit where credit is due mm-hmm. and not acting like you invented it when you did it, because all these things that we see now that are trendy, like turmeric and coconut milk and oil and all this stuff and like acai bowls and kale and all this stuff, right? Great. They're very healthy. They're very good. Quinoa, all this stuff. However, white people did not invent them. They mm-hmm. simply found them and then marketed them and are making money off of them. That's, and often wiped out the communities and the people yeah, who actually use that food as a staple. Yeah. Absolutely. And then on top of that, to act like you're the one that discovered this or like, you know, you are like, you are the one that brought this to the light. I was like, no, only to the white people light. Okay. Everybody else of color already knew about this and was using it and was doing very well before y'all came along. Um, And so like, yeah, like giving credit where credit is due and, and not just like not pretending like you invented it. Um, There was a second point, but I just got really mad and I don't remember now. (laughs) I think there's an interesting flip side to this, though, um, because especially in New York, where there also many, are, where there are so many restaurants from different cultures, you can go to different restaurants and see the effects of how um, not appropriation, but just how our recipes travel to different parts of the world. So, like, mm-hmm. my parents love going to Caribbean restaurants yes. because they have oh, yes. there. Yes. And like Guyanese restaurants. And then I went to an Ethiopian restaurant a few weeks ago and they had sambusas. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I saw right? a documentary about this. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I was in San Francisco and I went to a Burmese restaurant and it was like Thai food meets Indian mm-hmm, food. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was just so interesting to see how, mm-hmm. you know, these different cultures kind of adapted these recipes and like folded it into their own cultures. And that is amazing to see. Yeah. 
sad that like the European twist and like the, the Westernized twist on it is more like bastardizing what we have to offer. Mm-hmm. But um, as Mr. Rogers said, <laughs> when in doubt, look to the people who help. <laughs> oh, I love that. That was or it's something like that. <laughs> it was in response to 9-11. So, you know, okay. kind of different. But um, I think the the spirit. Is the still. sentiment stands, yeah. 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 But it's just really cool because cultural exchange can be really rewarding. Right. Absolutely. Um, right. And yeah. like seeing it in those ways are just, are, are really, really interesting. But exactly as you said, Rachel, with appropriation comes responsibility. Like is yeah. that's, that's what makes it different or not. It's not, mm-hmm. are you wearing a bindi or not? Are you wearing a sari or not? Are you taking, you know, putting lots of like turmeric and garam masala in something and calling it like it's suddenly your, your own Indian dish, but mm-hmm. how are you engaging with it? And that's, what's so hard is like the intentionality behind it is actually what determines if this is, stealing or like actually understanding and sitting with and making something of it. But I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just guessing at your life, but I feel like you probably get all sorts of really ignorant ass backwards, like comments or posts or I don't know, people just engaging with you. And I would bet being really dismissive of the the fact that you actually have genuine background and interest and you know not only training but like the ways in which you engage with food that other people suddenly think they have no training or background and they can like engage with it in the same ways Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it does happen and initially it would I would be like ready to you know (laughs) like fight but like as time passes and I feel like I, I have the responsibility of if somebody makes an ignorant comment or is ill-informed, right? Like if I fight back, then like, how am I different? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I try to understand where that person is coming from and try to um, um, talk to them, come, uh, come back to them with a place of like, all right, you know, this is why <laughs> I said this. Or like, this is why what you said is not right. Like maybe... Um, you know, read this article or like direct them to different sources mm-hmm. where then they can quietly like take the time if they want to <laughs> take the time to like yeah. read and uh, understand. But um, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll get snappy, but sometimes yeah. I don't know how you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes maybe you're you just nicer. Get snappy. You're nicer maybe you're just, yeah, exactly. Maybe you're just nicer than Depends. the rest of us. But, Depends. Yes. I like try to pick my battles. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes with age, huh? Before I would just like go off. And like, maybe not. Is this worth it? So. Yeah. Taking your battles. Yeah. What's the craziest thing someone's ever, or like the most ignorant thing someone's ever asked you or told you? I mean, I guess when I first came here, a lot of people were like, um, oh, your English is very good mm-hmm. how come or, <laughs> classic <laughs> that yeah or like one thing somebody said to me was um like are all indian people this short and what I'm, yes <laughs> i am <laughs> i mean you, you know you just you can't say stuff like that and oh. people sometimes think that it's okay to say things like that yeah um food related um I guess somebody didn't know where MP was, like Madhya Pradesh was, yeah. which I guess it's a state and it's not a, a very popular state. So people would not know that. Um, what else? Has there been anything? Can you in- eat like naan every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Has there yeah. been anything in terms of like coming up with a recipe or sharing their own food or experience or like, you know, even dissing something that you made or something that was, that was found from that same place of, of ignorance and someone Um, not knowing what they were talking about. You mean like somebody from our own culture or like, like a white person? Yeah, probably mostly. (laughs) I say both. I think, I think we are very (laughs) capable of Um, (laughs) a lot of times like, um, like other South Asian people will, you know, 
um, not feel well represented. So they'll be like, oh, that was wrong. And this is now, this is, you know, not how this is done. And you didn't make the sound correctly. Mm. And, and, and I understand that because, you know, if you are South Indian and if I make sambar and I don't do it right, or I do mm-hmm. it the way my mother did, and if it's not authentic, then you're mm-hmm. going to feel mm-hmm. that. But then I come back with, hey, I completely understand this, but like, this is how like my mom made, or this is how my best friend's mom made, who is South mm-hmm. Indian. And that's what I remember of it. So I'm not mm-hmm. claiming like this is authentic to me because like I'm not South Indian. I'm from Central India, but we do love South Indian food a lot and we make it at home. So this is just like my way. And I'm not trying to like offend you, but I would love to know an authentic recipe if you have it, because yeah. that's the yeah. only way I'm going to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to learn by fighting with that person and be like, oh, I don't care about what you have to say. Mm-hmm. I do care about what you have to say, because if this recipe of mine is hitting a string somewhere for you, then what am I doing to learn mm-hmm. why that mm-hmm. is upset? So, Yeah. I try to (laughs) understand why. (laughs) Accountability, right? And that's, I think that's the thing that's often lacking when we look at this line between like appreciation and appropriation, because I, you know, again, I, you know, love that we are so multicultural, right? That at home, you know, in my apartment, um, I cook Mexican food, I cook Indian food, I cook Thai food, whatever, all those different kinds of things. And again, even the Indian food that I cook may not be as quote unquote perfectly authentic mm-hmm. because yeah. the recipes my mom has passed down to me, I will change sometimes because I don't always have the exact ingredients, mm-hmm. right? She's like, Jita, I'm like, I don't have Jita. Okay, we're putting in <laughs> ginger instead. Whatever. It still tastes delicious, right? Mm-hmm. Those um, are two very different ingredients. <laughs> okay, that was just an example. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> Judgment free zone. Judgment free zone. Yes, I am a a good cook. Probably not as good as Rachel, but <laughs> in general, cook, I'm a good yeah. cook. <laughs> but I will, I mean, um, totally, like, I don't have my own mortar and pestle, personally. Like, I I'm do not, have one, actually. But I'm, I'm not, legit. you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm definitely buying spices at Giant and then, like, bringing yeah. them home or at a grocery store and then it's not the same as if you were to actually grind it up yourself, grind right? It up together. Well, yeah, yeah. But that accountability is is what's really important and that willingness to learn when someone says, hey, you know, you made this quote unquote tandoori chicken. All it has is turmeric. Like that's not tandoori chicken. And I actually did wow. see that in like a major, I won't name it, but like kind of a major food. I know what you're talking about. Hub, um, you know, really? one, one of those Wait, websites. Name names. Where did you? Are you Should serious? I? Where Should did I? You... <laughs> Rachel's like, I'm out, I'm out. Wait, wait, no, wait. That's um, crazy. They didn't even use a tandoori oven and they called it the no, I mean, and the just and the, I mean, okay. We, you know, no one has a tandoori oven in their home, right? So like we bake it, right? And that's fine. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, calling it tandoori inspired or whatever when, you know, there were literally really not any other spices besides like a whole lot of turmeric. And even I commented and I was like, um, <laughs> no, this is not. No, please don't do that. Um, no, actually, Rachel, not that one. Oh, <laughs> I think, I think okay. so. It's interesting because like this particular outlet, like I followed them on Instagram, they did the stories and in the stories, it like oh. was like, then they inspired this and that. But when they posted the recipe, they took that portion out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I wonder, cause I definitely, I was like DMs. Hello. Like this is incorrect. God. Yeah. I was like, listen, just call it like turmeric chicken or something Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. don't call it something that has existed for so long that has variations but Mm -hmm. there's some things that you can't like fuck up right you you know you can't be like oh i'm gonna take out the ginger and the garlic and the chilies and the cumin but it's still tandoori chicken no it's not Not anymore (laughs) you know not have tandoori masala too yeah like there's nothing else in it so i'm like just call it like I don't know, turmeric roasted chicken or something more like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I just remembered. So one thing, uh, one time somebody was like, yeah, but a chicken was uh, invented by the British, right? For themselves. Like it's butter chicken was invented in London. And I was like, no, no. it was invented in Delhi in Motumahel, <laughs> which is a very old restaurant. And those people came over from Pakistan. <laughs> like, hello, what are you saying? And they were like, no. No, I don't think that's right. I'm like, mm, really telling me. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, like, it's like chicken okay. makhani, like right? Chicken makhani, yeah. 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 I think the one that we, 
and I don't know, Rachel, if you know if this is true or not, but I keep hearing like chicken tikka masala was invented. In That's what I heard. Yeah. That it's that like, and I've also heard like, if you like in India, you, there's no chicken tikka masala, like you won't find that. There but is. Chicken tikka masala there is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I don't know where chicken tikka masala was invented. <laughs> I don't know where it was invented. About a chicken, so I know where that was. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, your last time when I went to India, I was also vegetarian, so I didn't order any chicken tikka masala. <laughs> you know, you can find paneer tikka masala. And it's really good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love paneer. I love paneer, too. Yeah. Um, I a, oh, yeah sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 please keep going about Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, it's really funny because, like, people don't know paneer as well, at least, like, my circle of people. So to explain paneer to them, I have to say, it's like tofu, but dairy. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, it looks like tofu. It does not taste like tofu. You can eat it. Like, we put it in sweets and stuff. You can eat it without, like, it being, quote, unquote, cooked. Like, you can't eat raw, raw tofu off a block. I had a friend. Sure you can. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't taste, taste like good. anything. Yes. So one of my friends, uh, she's vegetarian. She came here and she was like, "Oh, tofu looks just like paneer." And she like took a bite of it. She's like, "Oh God, what not is this crap?" And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, it's not paneer. You can't just like you can eat it, but it's it's not going to taste like good." Yeah. Right. And and especially when you try to explain paneer, is like it's Indian cheese. You just imagine for me in my head, I just imagine like a square of craft singles like just like american <laughs> cheese right because there's just not like a conception yeah. of i mean it's more like yeah. cheese curds i guess or like yeah home style yeah, yeah, cheese yeah. but people don't even know what that is in english let alone like yeah what the and restaurants don't make it any more easier when they call it cottage cheese cottage cheese yeah oh, well, why do like, they do that that's how it's I a very common people, description yeah. you'll see like yeah. cottage cheese cottage cheese like indian cottage cheese I've like mm-hmm. subbed in like uh, I've heard people subbing in like ricotta cheese as a substitute yeah. to make sweets mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, um, I know my mom's done it like a couple Ma of times. Has done it, too. Yeah. it tastes fine. It tastes good. Um, what's funny is when I explain to people how you make paneer at home, they're like, "Ew, that sounds so gross." I'm like, "How do you eat the actual thing? cheese?" Is That's the right. Same way, yeah. I'm like, I was like, we, you know, we often have milk that you know is. Not gone bad yet because obviously you shouldn't make something with milk that's already gone sour. But yeah. if you know it's, it's like on the way, to, it's on the way. My parents make it into paneer and mm-hmm. yeah. they use vinegar, they do it, and then they just hang it overnight. People mm-hmm. are like, ew, that sounds so nasty. And I'm just like, yo. But that's the thing you should tell these people like, how do you think European cheese is made? Or like, right. I know. Like, tofu mm. that you have is made. Or like, you know what I'm saying? You have to separate the myths on right. the way. <laughs> You do that by so irritating. I watched this video on how like some famous type of blue cheese was made, and it's like, and then we insert the bacteria, and I'm like, why do people eat this shit? Good, that's why. Blue cheese, I'll never be able to get on board. I love blue cheese. This is where I get judgmental. That shit is nasty. Think about yogurt. I mean, yogurt is made because of cultures. Like Mm -hmm. you, like. Mm -hmm. And I, this did not click in my head to like a, like fairly recently, I would say, where I was like, huh, I remember when we were in India, my mom used to be like, oh, I have to like set the yogurt, but you need some existing yogurt to like yeah. make the yogurt. And I was always like, that's so weird. Like, why can't you just make it, you know? And now as, you know, after like a living bio major, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. it's all those cultures in it. It's the live and active cultures mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that you need to like, kind of incubate and then they like mm. multiply and that's how you make yogurt <laughs> yeah <sighs> yeah i've been making yogurt recently oh really do you have live and active cultures i do <laughs> how do you think i make it <laughs> is it regular like just regular plain sour yogurt or is it mishidoi. yeah mishidoi. no it's not mishidoi, no. mishidoi. plain you know, you guys, I don't like mishidoi. Us <gasps> Bengalis in our mishidoi. I love mishidoi. Which is I like mango mishidoi. It's yeah. not the plain one. It's like, okay. It's, <laughs> we haven't get the whole thing. That, that's actually another one of the foods that I think of, of like going back to Kolkata and going to like the local sweets shop on the corner and mm-hmm. getting a little terracotta, tiny little, like essentially yes. single serve even, or or if yes. you get the bigger one with like the part the on top. Yeah. Oh, the hottie. Yes. I, love that that would be like yes. the one thing that 
my family, like my parents and my grandparents would actually, it's like close enough that like, okay, you can go out by yourself and go get that. Right. Like as, mm-hmm. a, as a younger person, especially, or even now they still don't let you leave the house, but <laughs> <laughs> being like, okay, here's five rupee. Like you can run down the street and go grab that. And go get it. Oh, God, yeah. I love that treat. All the food in India. Have you ever had mishti doi, Rachel? I have. Yes. Oh, have you, have you made it though? <laughs> huh? Have you made it? I haven't, you know, I should try to. Oh, great. Okay. Oh. Come over. Yeah, it's going to be like, Surya can be your, like, uh, I don't know, authenticator. <laughs> yeah. like, mm, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I think, actually, Tanya, that brings up for me, you were talking about, um, well, maybe it's someone you work with, we'll just call it that, um, and their experiences with Indian food or talking to you about Indian food. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, uh, like I said, so many restaurants in this area. And so like, um, there's one particular one that I really enjoyed that, again, does not claim to be, you know, it it doesn't have like curry, for example, like, it doesn't have like roti sabji type food. Okay, but it's like wraps and like, but they're tandoori, they have real tandoors, though. So mm-hmm. I, for me, that's like the stuff I'm like, y'all have like real tandoors. And, you know, whether they, um, Sriya has eaten there, actually. Oh, yeah. When she came over. Yes. Um, So like they do like bowls and their chicken, paneer, tofu. I've never I've not not had like the lamb or the fish. Everything is like so well marinated and very succulent, very delicious. Um, And, you know, it's like a Chipotle style concept. It's definitely catered towards non-Indians, but everyone loves it. Like (laughs) just judging by their business. And it's interesting, like, having someone that I work with who is not Indian who was like, oh, I don't really like that place that much. Like, this other place is, like, so much better. And I was just like, okay, but, like, I really don't care about your opinion because you're not Indian. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, like, why are we not arguing, but why are we going back and forth about this? Like great like and how I get could it you purport to say that it I mean I guess this person wasn't necessarily claiming that that's like not authentic or what was I mean kind of though they were like mm. well you know it's not really authentic and they had like a series of complaints about it and I literally my you know I I've been at this job for more than two years now and after I started this place had was actually relatively new at the time. So once my coworkers got to know me, they were like, Tanya, can you come have lunch with us so you can tell us if you like this place and whether we should like it or not too? <laughs> so I went, I was like, guys, I approve. It's good food. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I was like, again, you don't really get to have an opinion on this. If I say I like it, and I'm not an end-all be-all, but I can certainly say this is good food, you know, and it's, you know, well done. It's for what it claims to be, it fulfills the purpose mm-hmm. and it's delicious. Um, so like, please don't argue with me about the quality of Indian food when you're not Indian. Right. <laughs> it's really awkward. <laughs> Which is interesting because, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Rachel, because oftentimes I feel like Indian food like takes over all the other types of food. But so often in these restaurants, the chefs are like, they're actually Pakistani or Bangladeshi or something. Yep. And so they're bringing their own like touch to it. Like I remember my parents went to a, a restaurant one time and they got biryani and they kept sending it back. Cause they're like, what the fuck is this? And finally the chef came out and he was like, I'm Pakistani. Like this, we like did, do this layering thing. Yeah. And they had it and they were like, Pakistani biryani is the best biryani. Fuck Hyderabad. <laughs> and to this day, the, they, they stand by their claim that Pakistani biryani is... Isn't that where biryani is from? Isn't it Pakistani? Like a Mughal food? Yeah, it, it, yeah. it is a Mughal food, right? Yeah. There's lots of... I keep hearing arguments but about there's like, like, do potatoes belong in it or not and all this stuff. I mean, even Bangladesh has their own type of, you know... Mm-hmm. And we have Bengali biryani. We mm-hmm. have, we have Bengali biryani, biryani too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Bengali so, biryani has potatoes, right? has potatoes, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry. What was your question? I, guess? I don't know. There wasn't really a question, but it's kind of just like people say Indian food as this like catch all term for like South Asia, like, South yeah. Asian but even food, food yeah. that is at like an Indian restaurant or whatever will have, will be cooked by somebody who's not necessarily Indian. So they're bringing mm-hmm. their, you know, they're like Pakistani Blair, and, yeah, or their Bangladeshi or Sri Lanka, whatever. And so like, I feel like we too have a responsibility as, you know, Indian people to make other folks who might not be aware about that, but maybe we ourselves are not always, I don't know. Does this make sense? Yeah. (laughs) I just Um, feel conflicted about like Indian food being this catch-all term for like. mm -hmm. So I, 
so this has been going on for a while, right? Right. Like now just with like social media and more like, you know, ethnic people, like within like mm-hmm. the Indian realm, yeah. like doing things, different things for food, right? So with that and then food writers and authors, I feel like that point has been um, brought up. And I think new restaurant owners are definitely like making an effort to, um, you know, like if they open a Bengali restaurant, like they want to hire Bengali people because then, you know, it, that is the way to like kind of keep it, you know, as close to home and more authentic as authentic mm-hmm. as possible. So I haven't really seen any like just Pakistani, Pakistani restaurants in New York, but I might be wrong. I should do my research on that. Um, um, I'll take you to my old hood in Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm amazing. Sure. Pakistani oh, okay. I, should, I would love to check it out. But, Pakistani chef. Um, I think people are like, at least like the steps towards that have started to happen where like it's now being like divided and like people want their like identity in the sense of like, yes, we are Indian, but this is a Bengali restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or yes, we're Indian, but like this is a South Indian restaurant mm-hmm. and this is a solely Pakistani restaurant. So it, it's going to yeah. take some more time for that to catch on and for people to like mm-hmm. really appreciate regional food. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know when would be a day when there would be a restaurant that is like, um, Madhya Pradesh like, mm-hmm. like what yeah. would we even call right. that like something <laughs> about it it's like or like a yeah, yeah like a Bihari place you know like yeah, yeah. those like less sexy places is what you know because people only know certain parts of India they know certain cities yeah. and so they right. think everyone's from there and that's so not true <laughs> yeah. yeah hell you even see it here right like these storefronts will say like you know Pakistani food, Indian food, Nepali food, Bangladeshi food. Right. <laughs> In order yes. to like, they're at their Pakistani everyone. restaurant, but they're like, it's okay. We've got Indian food. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's like your generic Asian place, you know, mm-hmm, that has right, like exactly. a Thai curry and mm-hmm. a lo mein and like yeah, spring rolls. Pho, and you're like, yeah. we serve all, you know, yeah, and you're like, Adra. those are, those do not belong together at all <laughs> in any way. Um, you know, what I've kind of been enjoying is um, following um, lots of different people on Instagrams and Pinterest and things like that who do cook regional food. Mm-hmm. And so like following someone who's South Indian who really, you know, there's so much more besides even my limited knowledge of mm-hmm. dosa, idli, uh, upma, uttapam, yeah. sambar, you know, rasam. So that that's like my, my go-to. Um, you know, there's so many different the vegetables there's so many different preparations and things like that so and you know sometimes they'll write the uh, you know write the recipes or the names you know in tamil so i don't know what it is but it looks delicious um we're seeing like you know the, the range of gujarati food for example and they have so many vegetarian options so yeah i think that's been a great way of of seeing what else is even in our culture that we don't know mm-hmm. about even vegetarian food in our culture has like a very um interesting history yeah um especially in bengal which is primarily known as you know a meat eating fish <laughs> yes. region yes. <laughs> and the fact that like we have we actually have one like a very rich like vegetarian cuisine but it's also primarily due to and it was primarily developed by like widows mm-hmm. um, out of just pure necessity. And I was reading this article by, God damn it. Someone pulled the link. Hold on. It's in the, it's in I the know notes. we have it. And I want to give credit to the person who did all the Hold on. like research into by this. Mayuk Shin. Mayuk Shin. Mm-hmm. Cool. And someone did a really cool like illustration of it too, but I had no idea. Like I remember growing up, my grandmother was vegetarian. And so we were literally the only people in our family who were vegetarian um but she was a widow um and um would cook just the most delicious things ever um and it was i was a child and i like can't entirely remember like the the names and and the recipes and things but it she was a really really incredible cook um and uh and i was after reading this article I realized how kind of like fucked up the history of being vegetarian in in Bengal at least is. And it it all came out of like 
these women being deprived of any kind of pleasure after their husband died to the point where they had to give up meat, which I still don't understand the mental logistics that go into that, but whatever. Um, and then they just adapted and like made their, they were like, okay, fine. You won't let us eat good shit. We'll make our own good shit. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. And it's just, it's really, really interesting. And it's, it's funny that like when you go into a restaurant, like that all kind of like, disappears like I'm sure like even my parents didn't know about like this history when I when I was talking to them and it's Mm -hmm. it's just fascinating like we ourselves have so much to learn about like the food we're eating and And traditions yeah tradition yeah and part of it too though is the the lack of being able to have um garlic or onion yeah as well and I think that has when I learned that fact that really blew my mind like being veg okay sure one thing and also also that usually for us like that still means you can eat eggs and that's different from how other people sometimes do vegetarianism um although you know it can you can take it or leave it but then the fact that like uh garlic and onion and having having that it was apparently such a savory flavor that that's not even allowed right and i was like what? Are you serious? We put garlic and onion in everything. How can you suddenly like take that out or have that not be? And and it comes back to that pleasure principle and like not being allowed to enjoy the full richness, like savoriness of, um, of what those foods are. And like that being such a big part of it. I know it's fucked up. My growing up, I used to go to Chinmay mission, which is this like Hindu Sunday school thing. (laughs) And, um, my parents like sponsored Piksha for the Swamiji of this local Chinmay mission, who is obviously a strict vegetarian, no eggs even, but he would eat onions and garlic. So Mm. this man of the holy cloth was out here pleasuring himself with onions and garlic. And my poor grandmother (laughs) is like depriving herself simply because she's a widow. It makes no sense, but Hinduism is a whole other thing. (laughs) Save that for another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. That's about like rituals like talking in terms of like food when you are on your period you're not supposed mm-hmm. to cook or enter the kitchen mm-hmm. and you know a lot of women in my family like kind of follow that to this day mm-hmm. and it makes no sense to me because it's like yeah what's i guess I, I did read a little bit into it and it was like because Back in the day, like women I did. of the household, yeah. it was a way to like give them rest. Yeah, mm, yeah, I've read that too. So yeah. I, yeah, I have some feelings yeah. about it, but I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, but they were also not allowed to attend any like holy functions, right, right temple. or temple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like excluded from like fun mm-hmm. activities and stuff. So absolutely, you know, <laughs> there, there's some not so fun stuff that we yeah. <laughs> about our culture. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting, Rachel, you bring that up because, you know, I was mentioning to y'all before that, like, you know, uh, my grandmother's house, like, you know, Brahmin household, you know, puja and all that stuff. Um, so we had people that cooked all the meals, you know, for all the pog meals. Um, I think it was my dad that I was talking to because we've had discussions around like periods and all this stuff, interestingly enough, um, with him. And he was, he or somebody else was like, Have you, did you notice that all the pe- all the women that cooked were much older? Um, which means they had all had mm-hmm. menopause, yeah. which means that there was nothing to worry about in terms of the kitchen. Because remember I said there was an entire other kitchen, yeah. completely different everything. I mean, utensils, pots, pans, you name it. Um, and it was cooked by like, you know, cooked in a clay fire, like coal fire. It wasn't even like stoves and stuff. Um so yeah, I thought, you know, that, that's always been very interesting that like to avoid any conflict, it was like, they don't even have their period, so it doesn't matter, you know? And I was like, so should you hire like some 10 year olds or something? Like would that, would that also, oh, you boy. know? Oh boy. Yeah. How does that work? <laughs> it's a whole I other know. thing in terms of labor. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, do you like verify with people? Like, so have oh, you yeah. had menopause? Yes. You may cook in this kitchen. Like, <laughs> yes. weird. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But I am curious. I mean, so it sounds like a lot of these conversations, I'm curious, like how, how often you get to have these chats about the complexity of food and like how much that's, I mean, you're very much known as a, as a cultural chef, like an Indian cuisine specialty, right? But then how much do these conversations actually get to 
be had for you versus like people aren't actually interested in learning the background and and the intricacies and nuance Mm -hmm. of the culture that comes with food um they're interested to an extent Mm. but not to the kind of depth like we're talking about you know like Mm -hmm. little traditions and rituals and stuff just because I feel like it's intimidating I understand that because there's so much it changes from state to state Sometimes Mm -hmm. those change from household to household, like there's like mixed costs and, you know, Mm -hmm. you have all these things. So I get it, but um, I'm happy that we're talking about it right now because, you know, when I do share this with (laughs) 10 other people, then they get to listen and be like, oh, we didn't know it about that. So I think it Mm -hmm. is important. Even if people are not interested right now to listen, it's important to have the conversation Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. in that way. It's, you know, it's there. And then when you share it, they decide whether they want to educate themselves or not about this. Yeah. I, almost... I don't get to have it that often. Oh, well, yeah. we're so glad you could join us to be able to have that conversation. Yes. And I, I kid you not, I want, I'm so glad that we are recording this because I want your explanation of key and how like yes. you other motherfuckers <laughs> who are like going to Whole Foods or whatever mm-hmm. and buying your fancy key of just like, I want a, that was easy button, but like Rachel explaining heat and just like <laughs> yes, walk around yes. the store, just being like, that was not easy. <laughs> like, can we talk about this a little bit? Um, but yeah, before we wrap up, we'd love to hear what you're up to. If there's anything you want to plug, yeah. just like your social media handles and how people can get in touch with you and learn more about the amazing food that you're involved in and the amazing work that you do. Um, so right now, just, you know, um, working nine to five at the feed feed, creating awesome uh, recipes, trying to uh, give you fun recipes that, um, you know, are approachable, that are sometimes authentic, sometimes not. They're a mix of, you know, my <laughs> here, you can find me on Instagram at Rachel Gurjar. <laughs> and um, yeah, on my website, cookshala.com, I have some other fun stuff too. And I'm so happy that I was able to be here. Thank you for being here. We were so this happy you could awesome. join us. Yeah, truly. Thank you for taking the time. And we'd love to partner and collaborate moving forward in terms of any like fun recipes or just, I think Mm -hmm. this conversation, as with so many of the things that we talk about on this podcast, goes to show how even if on the surface, maybe there isn't as much like nuance, quote unquote, to a thing. But then when you dig deeper, there are still these taboo things that so many different topics and aspects of identity and culture Mm -hmm. and navigating these girls like that they all they come back to a deeper place for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes these conversations so significant and wanting to make sure that people are engaging in that way and and understand how personal food is, even though it's like absolutely the easiest thing in so many ways to share. And we want it to, you know, be accessible and yes, please love my food. I love my food and I want you to love my food. (laughs) Do it respectfully, please. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That question of it. (laughs) <laughs> we took food and we made it taboo. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Well, thank you so much uh, for tuning in to another episode of the Brown Taboo Project. Thank you, Rachel, so much for joining us. Um, you can find us, uh, Sazma at South Asian SMH on Instagram and Facebook, as well as www.sazma.org. Contact us through our website if you want to hear um, more stuff on the podcast, if you have feedback, comments, questions, if you want to bring us over and pay us some money for workshops. We're available. We're widely available on the World Wide Web. And with that, I'm Tanya. I'm Sri. I'm Shreya. And I'm Rachel. Thank you and good day. The future.